Jen, it's Fantasy Festivus and time to air your fantasy grievances. Who let you down this week? I don't even know if I need to say this out loud because I think the world is in unison in this one, but uh, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos coaching staff. Um, (laughs) Clock management slash decision-making slash all of it. Um, I don't know that I've been so stunned, like mouth open, just staring at, at a game in a long time of frustration. I mean, that was unbelievable, that management at the end of that game, that they a didn't take the I mean they had all their timeouts B you know traded for and and paid all this for a an elite quarterback elite in Russell Wilson and then didn't put the ball in his hands and decided to kick a 64 yard field it just the whole thing was completely baffling to me um it wasn't maybe fantasy you know relevant fantasy festivus wise but just NFL wise frustration wise i'm sure a lot of people uh you know who took the broncos in their survivor pools and, put, and took the money line and all of that were beyond frustrated with that. So um, that has to be my, my festivus of the week. I'm with you. I had a lot of Broncos choices in my survivor pool, so not a good start for me. Uh, but I'm with you getting frustrated with the Denver clock management and that coaching staff in general. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me are my excellent co-hosts, Jen Akins and Chris Allen. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. A little tired because now we're just getting into the full swing of things regarding content creation season, reaction, overreaction season, trying to also getting into the swing of putting in all my waiver claims. It is it's really like that reaping and sowing meme like from Twitter where it's like throughout all of draft season. It's like, yes, this is sweet. This is awesome. Drafting all my teams. And then tonight. I don't want to do any of this anymore. I'm, 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 I'm kind of good. Uh, I'm I'm kind of good on all that. Uh, so, but yeah, other than that, I'm doing I'm doing all right. Jen, how you doing? Same, dude. Same. I mean, looking, staring down the barrel of all those waiver claims, and it's it's a lot. I mean, yeah. like you said, it's fun to draft, and then when you sit down and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's pretty daunting. Um, along with, of course, all the other responsibilities uh, that we have uh, in this uh, in this business. But uh, otherwise, good. Um, we were talking Survivor. Um, you were saying, Brandon, that you had some Broncos. I actually did not, but um, I had Colts in every single one um, who tied, which is therefore a loss. Um, so I lost in every single Survivor pool that I am in. Um, and I remember last year, the Colts did the same thing uh, to a lot of people. And I should have remembered not to take the Colts in week one. I will remember next year. I was just so confident that Russ would come in and just stick it to his old I mean, team. Right? I was so confident, yeah, and that Denver would be better, but uh, that's okay. You know, in in my uh, the one I care the most about, almost everyone else picked the the Titans. Yeah, another disappointment. But we're going to be emphasizing hot pickups for the primary streaming positions. That's quarterback, tight end, defense, and kicker. Uh, before we get into that, I want to tell you about a new pickup game called No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pickup contests versus other people for a shot at winning over $250,000 in cash. Just download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. 
You can also test your skills versus the house and earn 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league. Sign up now with promo code 4 for 4 that's 4 F O R 4 at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app to get a first time deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today. Experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. So, I want to talk about last week's results because one of us gets to gloat. One of us gets to hang our head in shame and the other one gets to kind of gloat, which is nice. So uh, I want to start with our sleeper streamer of the week last week, Ryan Tannehill, uh, QB 11 last week, Chris, your stream sleeper streamer. Not of the bad, week dude. Not bad. Just as a QB one, even better. Your next QB streamer, Carson Wentz third. He was third. He was the QB three on the week. And I'm going to Yahoo fantasy points. That's because I was already looking at Yahoo uh, rostership. And so that's why we're doing Yahoo fantasy points at the moment. Uh, Daniel Jones, QB 16, uh, better than I think we would expect from Daniel Jones, but as a deep sleeper option, I'm I'm going to call that a win. Going to call it a win, Chris. So uh, congratulations, Chris. Uh, excellent start to the week. And uh, Jen, Gerald Everett, tight end four. He was your number one streaming option. He was the tight end four, got into the end zone. Uh, Evan Ingram. It. Evan Ingram, tight end, 26. Mo Cox, tight end, 31. A little bit more disappointing, but if you listen to Gerald Everett as your top tight end, you're in good shape. Uh, kickers, Dustin Hopkins, Rodrigo Blankenship, Jake Elliott. The only one that finished top 12 is Rodrigo Blankenship, who then also got cut, unfortunately. So my condolences to you, Jen. You know, he did, but I'm pretty sure that Rodrigo and, and Elliott had the same uh... – they had the same fantasy points. So they were actually, it's just based on alphabetical order. Oh, so I, cause I, I, you know, I write the kicker column this week. Sure. So I had to do the, so really I think one was 11 and one was 13. So really they're both starters. I'm just going to throw that out. There. Okay. I'll, I'm, I'll have to pay closer attention to that next time. Absolutely. Uh, finally defense streamers. My super deep sleeper was the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were 13th. So that's not too bad, but my uh, Cincinnati and Carolina love 27th and 29th. Not a good start at all. Cleveland was 16th. I was doubtful on them. So uh, I'll give myself a push on that one. <laughs> Uh, before we get into uh, our new picks, let's start with our new sleeper streamer of the week. Chris, this is our top quarterback streamer, sleeper streamer of the week. Which quarterback is your number one streaming option for week two? I'm going to stick with Carson Wentz. Uh, after it wasn't just the fact that he wound up scoring and he was like the number three quarterback on the league or whatever. We're, we're not in the business of chasing points. That's not what we're doing here. But I did not think that the commanders would come out and let Carson Wentz be Carson Wentz. If we look at uh, some of the charts that our own Sam Hoppin was posting, uh, uh, not just last night, but then uh, yesterday or earlier today after the Monday night games, the commanders were top three in pass rate over expectation. That is not what I expected. I mean, if you think about just Carson Wentz's journey to get to where he's at right now in Washington, it gets booted out of Philadelphia, booted out of Indianapolis, away from his own coach that went to bat for him to keep trying to keep him with the Colts. And now he winds up with Washington with a let's say a coaching staff we would assume would be more of a lean towards the conservative side if you look at Ron Rivera. So, I think so it's like I did not expect this. I expected them to be more on the conservative side, have more of a balanced attack. And again, the argument that I made last week, and if you go back and listen to the show, you read my article like from week one, my whole supporting argument for looking at Carson Wentz was not just the quarterback, but his situation. 
compare his situation in, in Indianapolis with the passing weapons that he had around him for Michael Pittman in his second year, T.Y. Hilton, uh, banged up Paris Campbell, I mean, any of the any of the like supporting cast that he had there in Indianapolis. Now you compare that to what he had in Washington, so much better from Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. And then, of course, the big surprise being Antonio Gibson being used as a pass catching option as well. Such a better supporting cast that he had in Washington that if we liked all those pieces, we should also like Carson Wentz. So I'm going back to the well again with Carson Wentz. If we look at his matchup like in week two. Again, another positive matchup for him. Now, he's on the road, if I'm remembering correctly, but still playing in a dome in Detroit. And we just saw like what Jalen Hurts did to uh, the uh, Detroit Lions like uh, defense. So I think overall, it looks like another positive setup like for uh, for Washington in the fact that one, Carson Wentz shouldn't see a ton of pressure like in his face, like from the defensive front, like from the Lions. And also on the other side, Jared Goff, like with the Detroit, uh, with Detroit's offense, they could at least put up enough of fight in order for them to continue, like you know, answering and going back and forth, not creating a shootout. It's not going to be like you know, KC and uh, and the Chargers, like what we expect for Thursday night, but enough so that they can continue passing throughout the game. So I like Carson Wentz again in Week Two. Excellent, excellent. I love it. That is our sleeper streamer of the week. Don't forget, sleepers the fastest growing fantasy platform with excellent custom settings for fantasy commissioners. I'm talking dynasty, redraft, IDP, you name it. It's easily accessible and wildly mobile friendly. So go download the app and join or start a league today. All right, uh, Jen, real quick. Uh, we talked about Jahan Dotson and all that. Uh, week one or week fun? What do you think? Is he a week one uh, anomaly or week fun? Let's get him in your lineup every week. Um... I don't know. I mean, it's too early to tell. I feel like mm -hmm. between him and Curtis Samuel, I mean, I like Dotson. I drafted him. I have him on, on a redraft team that, of course, he was not in my lineup, but um, I do have him, and I will hang on to him, of course. And um, I think he's a decent waiver wire pickup if, if he's out there, which he may be in, in leagues where people maybe weren't on to him so much. Um, I think that, you know, he was one of those kind of polarizing guys this offseason where some people were not in interested in him. They weren't interested in his size, whatever. And then, you know, it's nice to see that, you know, he has a good start from the gate. Um, sure. I think the whole offense, I think, is kind of a wait and see. I'm not, like, super buying in. But like Chris said, for streaming purposes, why not Carson Wentz? And, and if you need a guy, uh, yeah, Dotson, sure. Sure. I love it. I love it. Uh, Chris, let's answer Albert's question in the chat. Uh, who's a better DAC replacement? You talked about Carson Wentz. Apparently, uh, Tua Tagovailoa and Jameis Winston are also available. Who would you pick? Would you still go with Wentz or one of those other two? So. Quick question. Uh, like I was just talking earlier about the pass rate, like surprising pass rate over expectation over some of the teams. I said Washington was top three. Do you guys know who was number one in pass rate over expectation in week one? I'm hoping you're going to say my beloved Dolphins. That's what you I'm hoping. You are correct, sir. <laughs> this is the same team that over the offseason, at least the general narrative was that Mike McDaniel's coming in, coming from San Francisco. San Francisco being bottom five, bottom six, and neutral passing rate on early downs over the past like three to four seasons with Jimmy Garoppolo being in there. Like an efficient but explosive offense. But we kind of saw them tip their hand a little bit. I mean, they bring in Tyree Kill. They bring in Chase Edmonds. They at least try and boost the offensive line like with Teron Armstead. And I think it's not just the fact that they are passing more, but at least it was a bit more aggressive. Like, remember last year, like down the back uh, the back half of the season where what the entire offense was essentially just RPOized, right? It was just nothing but those quick hitters to Jalen Waddle, quick hitters to whomever, and they were trying to at least move the ball as quickly as they possibly could, but just with shorter passes. Now, 
in this uh, in this one uh, in this game that we just saw them actually wind up looking more towards being more aggressive downfield. They were taking shots to Tyreek Hill, and even for the few passes that Jalen Waddle got, they were still like moving the ball as as much as they could on those intermediate throws. I think Tua's average depth of target was in the like eight to nine ish like air yards, which is much more than where he was at last year. So if he's passing more, he's passing deeper. I would expect to see him continue to do that. And this is now against a Baltimore offense that's now going to be without Kyle Fuller in the slot. And then also last week, we just saw them not necessarily struggle against the Jets, but with at least a, let's say, a competent, like fairly competent offense throughout most of the game with Joe Flacco. I think this is another chance for Tua to show that not only do they have the weapons in place from Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, I mean, Chase Edmonds or whomever, uh, but they still definitely has the speed and the talent in order to overcome uh, Baltimore's defense as they're still trying to figure out like what their identity is going to be on defense for this year. So out of that group, I think I like two of the most because I think they can wind up being at least a like Waddle can his interior matchup, I think, is solid. And Tyreek Hill can always be Tyreek Hill, who can st still take one to the house on any particular play. So I'd go two out of that group personally. So I'm hearing two uh, MVP uh, Dolphins obvious playoff team. That's what I heard you say. Right? Oh yes, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, well, no, because if you well now that actually, I mean, we came into this. I mean, the Bills number one AFC East. Of course, there's no like yeah. no doubt about it. But, I can't even argue. They looked so good, man. Oh gosh, yeah. I, I mean, there's. I, I wanted to be like a doubter and like a semi hater and just be like, oh, there's no way they can look like that good. And it's like they looked better than that good like on thursday but now it's like new england struggling mm -hmm. uh, i don't even know what to say like about about new england other than it's just not catastrophic or whatever but the same thing with the jets i mean you know they're kind of stuck in the bud if they're relying on joe flacco to be their guy under center so it's entirely possible that out of that particular division that the dolphins could sneak in there it's not wouldn't surprise me at all yeah, yeah, buddy. I love it. I love it. Um, let's go to your other quarterback streamers right now. Jen's having some technical issues, but she will return, hopefully. And if not, uh, we will press on. We will do the best we can. Nobody can fill her shoes. Uh, but uh, first off, definition of a streamer, this is a player with less than 40% roster ship on Yahoo. So if we're not talking about your favorite option, it's very possible that they uh have too they are on too many rosters on Yahoo. So uh how many other quarterback I, I, let's start with this. Is it a good week to stream quarterbacks, Chris? It's kind of tough to be honest with you because it when you put on that like that limit to mm -hmm. your for your roster ship rate, where you're just looking at like those guys that are forty percent or below, yep. you are kind of pushing it in terms of just what the relative options are going to be on a week to week basis. And I'm not going to lie to you, Brandon. Like when I sat down, because typically I start reviewing the upcoming matchups on Sunday, like at one o'clock when the games start to kick off, I'm already looking at like week two or like the following week just to see well what does the next week's slate look like. And it looked gross <laughs> because if you look at the other the other possibilities, I mean, the other guys that are sitting there like at 40 percent or below. I mean, it is it's it's Mac Jones. Uh, what in the Patriots are who are the Patriots like playing this week? I believe they're playing uh, they're playing the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Not great. Not uh, great. Also, also Mac Jones, like half a back. Yeah, so. exactly. And then what Jameis Winston, if I remember correctly, let's see the New Orleans Saints, they play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also not great. 
Not and then, of course, when you also have one of the, and this is for Sal, uh, one of the best, like, dynamic tight ends should be quarterback and Taysom Hill, like, right behind him. <laughs> what else? You, how can you really rely on Jameis Winston, like, you know, snap in and snap out? So it's just the options get thin and the matchups make things tougher. So we are kind of scrounging for the uh, the actual optimal uh, optimal situation and optimal quarterback that you'd want to start in that situation. It would, If I could raise it to 50%, or even 60%. Okay, fine. But then at that point, you're just scanning the waiver wire and looking for the right matchup anyway. So the only other guy that fit, I've got I got one, let's say, decent option, and then one horrific, you'll probably just stop listening to the program as soon as I say his name. But I was talking earlier about Carson Wentz playing in Detroit. What about Jared Goff for this week? Yeah. yeah. It's not... It, it again, if it sounds bad, and I think that's really the one of the key things. I mean, shoot, we were getting comments last week when I was suggesting Carson Wentz, like on the show, that it was going to be a horrible thing for you to have to start like Carson Wentz. And I get it because as soon as you see the name, there's almost a visceral reaction to seeing Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield or even Jameis Winston, like to, to some degree, because we just didn't know how any of these quarterbacks are going to be. And the same thing goes with Jared Goff. But at the same time, we, we like Amon Ross St. Brown, scored a touchdown last week. That's great. We like DeAndre Swift. Again, another pass-catching option. Shoot, DJ Chark like, came in with a 51-52 yard touchdown last week. I mean, they're just TJ Hawkinson as well. They're just multiple options within the passing game that we like for Detroit. And just last week, we saw the commanders, while I think Trevor Lawrence essentially threw the game away for Jacksonville. For the most part, we were still liking what we saw from the other pieces, like the aerial pieces. Travis Etienne overthrown for a touchdown. I mean, that could just as easily be DeAndre mm. Swift in the same in the same position for next for next week, right? I mean, and also Christian Kirk, our guy, Christian Kirk, like playing well. I mean, over just over 100 yards, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and could, heavily targeted. Yes, and that could be Amon Ross St. Brown, like in this in this situation. So it's like you can see how the key pieces from Jacksonville can wind up doing the same for Detroit against the Commanders in this week. So again, you're probably not going to go that deep. You're probably going to want to find some player or some quarterback on your wave wire that at least makes you feel better about starting them. And I guess if fantasy football is supposed to be fun, I get that. But just going by the process that I typically use, if you want to look for the right matchups, you want to look for the guy at home, you want to look for a guy with a good offensive line, which Jared Goff has, playing in a dome, all of those things. I mean, he fits the criteria for it. So Jared Goff isn't the worst option. Lions put up points last week against Philly, and Philly's defense should be pretty good. Now, a lot of that was garbage time numbers, but those count just the same as any other numbers in fantasy. Uh, Jen, are you... Uh, uh, are you kind of surprised the Lions were able to kind of hang with the Eagles offensively? I know that uh, it felt like a blowout for much of the game, but it ended up closer than expected. And those uh, offensive weapons in Detroit did kind of show up. Yeah, no, I was definitely surprised, pleasantly surprised. I mean, you know, we, we all like to see the Lions do well. And I, I, I think that they've, you know, been building for a while to get to this point. So you know, I don't think, and I missed obviously part of, of your discussion, um, but I don't think that Goff is the answer there. However, I think that they're in the right direction, and I was actually happy to see them hang with the Eagles. 
Yeah, I uh, it was it was fun to see, fun to see, fun to see DJ Chark score that big touchdown that Chris talked about early. Uh, Chris, do you have another streaming option for us before we go on to uh, tight ends? The last one, and I won't say his name until the end. And I, uh, <laughs> like you already see it if you're watching the program, you already see the name, and like I said, you probably already shut it off. But let me <laughs> let me at least give you some context for this. I actually kind of like this, Chris. Just so you know. All right, so let's think about what happened last week, right? <laughs> because now it's it's the Panthers going up against the Giants, and who did the Giants play last week? It was Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, and just like we talked earlier in the in the results recap, Ryan Tannehill wound up as the QB ten on the week. Fine, let's start there, but let's talk about the pass catchers that were involved in putting Ryan Tannehill in that position. Dontre Hilliard, pass catching running back, undrafted journeyman like Dontre Hilliard, two receiving touchdowns. The Panthers have Christian McCaffrey. Wide receivers, Kyle Phillips, fifth-round rookie Kyle Phillips, manning the slot. Wound up having, let's see, he was like top uh, top 15 or so in yards per route run amongst all interior receivers just this last week. Panthers have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Undrafted veteran Cody Hollister took deep passes from Ryan, Ryan Tannehill last week. Again, Robbie Anderson just hauled in like a 60 plus yard, like deep touchdown like last week. I mean, again, all those key pieces. I mean, the, I mean, all the key pieces for the Titans were either rookies, undrafted veterans, and they all performed well against this Giants defense. And now they have to face DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey. So it's like, again, if we like all of the pieces, it's almost this, the same logic for starting or for at least considering Carson Wentz this week. If we like Curtis Samuel, if we like Antonio Gibson now with the pass catching role, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, insert name here. You want to throw in Logan Thomas in there? Okay, fine. If we like all of those key pieces, we should like the quarterback. So if we like all of the key pieces for the Panthers, from DJ Moore to Robbie Anderson to Christian McCaffrey, then at least we should like Baker Mayfield. And I only had to say his name twice. Yeah, you know, he didn't look terrible in the second half last week, and Cleveland's really good defensively. The Giants are not Cleveland. So I I, I don't hate it, Chris. I don't hate it. So, uh, Jen, let's go to tight end streamers. First off, is it a good or a bad week to stream tight end? I think it's a decent week yeah. to stream tight ends. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, tight ends, per usual, um, feast or famine, you know? So I feel like it's... Uh, a lot of those middling guys that we didn't want to draft uh, didn't do anything. You know, you got a goose egg from Cole Komet. You get a goose egg from Irv Smith Jr. You get a goose egg from Dawson Knox. Actually, he might have scored like a point. I don't even know. But, you know, all those guys in the middle that we didn't want to take are didn't do anything. So streaming-wise, yeah, I feel like we got to uh, jump up there. I mean, yeah. So you want me to get into it? Or? Yeah, get it. Although before, this, this guy's not on your yes. list. So I just want to ask you your thoughts yes. on O.J. Howard real quick. Yeah, no. Um, I, I don't think that that's <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, no. Listen, I'm not an OJ Howard fan to begin with. Um, not Jenna Proof. I, I just no, he's not Jenna Proof. Listen, let's talk about Jenna Proof, Mike Kosicki, right? I mean, <laughs> he exactly did what I told him. We, you know, so that best ball team we drafted is not looking so good with him there. That's just one. Uh, but no, OJ Howard is. I mean, listen, we need more sample size. Like, I, I don't, uh, I don't recommend running out there and spending any fab on or fob, however you'd like to call it, um, on OJ Howard. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't think Brevin Jordan's going to go away. I feel I don't know. I think it was just a weird game, but I could be wrong and he could be tight end one at the end of the season. But uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not super in on it. 
Fair enough. Fair I enough. Get, okay, get yeah. into your streamers. Sorry, I just figured we had okay. to talk about. Uh, no, no, no. I, I totally agree. <laughs> yes, because I feel like a lot of people are probably yep. going to jump and grab him. Yep. Uh, and 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 listen, maybe he needed a fresh start, and maybe this is going to be great for him. But uh, it's just too small of a sample for for me to get on board. Uh, first guy I'm going to talk about this week is Hayden Hurst. I was on him all off season, and I am still on him now. Uh, you know, he was fifth uh, among tight ends and targets with eight um, this week. He, uh, he, you know, he put up 7.1 half PPR points. Not a fantastic showing, but as far as tight ends go, decent, right? Um, you know, the matchup is uh, they're playing Dallas, which uh, it's tough to tell, right? Because they play Tampa Bay, who had nothing from the tight end. But I don't, you know, you don't know if that was just game script and, and what happened with Tom Brady and all of that or or whether they were, they're stout against tight ends. Um, the one good thing I will say also with Hayden Hurst, if T. Higgins is still out with a concussion, he may see a little more love there uh, as well. So Hayden Hurst is kind of my um, – I, I don't know. If, my next guy is Gerald Everett. I'd give him like a 1A, 1B. Like I don't feel like – you know, I just didn't want to talk about Gerald Everett off the bat again, so I just kind of put him second. But I do like he him He should too, be rostered um, now. <laughs> just as much. Right. I mean, exactly. So Hurst is only 10% rostered right now on Yahoo. So he's definitely out there for you guys if you need him. Second guy, uh, Gerald Everett, like I said, um, he is in Kansas City. Uh, and he is 28% rostered. Um, and Kansas City allowed a 10.4 performance from Ertz, who was tight end seven. So, I mean, they're, you know, they're giving up points there. Uh, Everett's, you know, he only had four targets, but he did great with them. He had a line of, you know, he had three catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the, another good thing um, about him is that uh, Dom Parham is out again. So he will be the, you know, de facto tight end one. And Keenan Allen is out, so he may get a little of that uh, of that love as well in the target department. So I think both of those guys might, you know, benefit from someone else on their roster being out. Like I said with Hurst, Higgins may be back. We're not really sure yet. It's concussion, so you never know. Um, that's him. Third guy I'm going to talk about is uh, the not-so-sexy Evan Ingram. He is 25% rostered. Uh, you know, he didn't have a fantastic performance, but uh, the Colts, like we said, allowed a tight end two performance from one O.J. Howard. So Ingram is in a really good spot, uh, you know, at least against a defense that we know gave up points already to the tight end position. And uh, if you look at my um, uh, stash article, which came out this morning uh, on 444, it's actually a free article. I talked about Ingram has a ridiculously easy schedule for the next like five games. He gets the Colts twice, which I just mentioned, gave up a tight end two performance to O.J. Howard. And uh, there's a bunch of – I can't remember who else he plays at, off the top of my head, but there's a lot of easy games in there. So I feel like Ingram is kind of a good guy you can get, uh, you know, for for cheap as far as, you know, he's 25% rostered. So he's there in 75% of Yahoo leagues right now. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you know, it's week one. So just get, everybody keep that in mind with, with guys like Evan Ingram. He is the guy. He got the snaps. And that's kind of what I try to look yeah. at for week one is I try to look at the snaps and and see if the guy is at least on the field before I'm completely out on them. Uh, I do want right. to mention real quick, Darren's got uh, mentions uh, in the chat that he's dropping Darnell Mooney. Uh, prime example of someone I'm probably not dropping. I'm probably going to chalk no, it up for week one, especially with the weather. The weather was so bad there. I... I, I mean, maybe he's not great, but it's just uh, to me, it's a little bit too soon to drop Darnell Mooney. Chris, uh, are you are you seriously concerned about Darnell Mooney at this point? 
No. Uh, should we be? I, mean, I guess that <laughs> because even coming into the season, we knew that this offense was going to be bad or at least have concerns. We were going to have concerns. And why should we expect, even if the weather was good, going up against a good San Francisco defense, like none of our concerns would have been alleviated after week one. So they, they were who we thought they were. So that nothing really changed. He ran the most routes out of any of the pass catchers uh, for Chicago. And we knew that the weather was going to be bad, at least for most folks. I mean, I knew the weather was going to be bad, but <laughs> that, I mean, but again, it doesn't change anything like for me because we had concerns about this offense going in and we still have concerns about the offense coming out of week one. So no, it doesn't change anything. And, and I, I will say he's, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. I was just going to say that, I mean, he has some good choices as far as like, I'm surprised that, you know, Jarvis Landry and DJ Chark are, are on those waivers. Um, Dotson, I'm not surprised, but the other two guys really shouldn't be on waivers. Uh, so, I mean, there are good choices yeah. there if you wanted to drop many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I Also, I, I was kind of encouraged. The Bears looked better offensively than they did all last year in terrible weather. And Mooney was, was good just last ugly. year. Like, so I, I don't think you can judge anything from that game. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Week one's that tough. Was like... <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's go to kickers, Jen. Uh, what kind of yeah. what streaming options do you have for us at kicker? Well, first, um, the, the question that you you know that you usually ask is this a good or a bad week? Um, I'm gonna go bad. Um, it's 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 not great. And you know, last week was really good. There was a lot of guys jumping off the page. Uh, this week is not a great streaming kicker week. Um, a lot of the the high scoring games and the high team implied totals um, are with guys that are already rostered. You know, the top guys anyway. Um, so there's not a ton there. Um, but I will give you guys, you know, three names. I've got about, I think, five or six in my uh, kicker streaming article. But I'll give you guys three. Uh, first guy is Jake Elliott. Uh, he is 23% rostered on Yahoo right now. Um, they are at home this week against Minnesota. Uh, they are, uh, let's see here. Their team implied, the uh, Eagles team implied total is 26 and a half, which is decent. And uh, they are favored to win by one and a half points. So I think Elliott should have a pretty decent week. He was, I think, kicker 11 on, you know, for the first week. So I think he'll kind of continue that. And I think Elliott's a guy attached to an offense that's probably going to score a lot of points uh, this year. And he probably should be not streamable. So I, I don't know. You know, like I said, he's at 23% now. My guess is he should be over 40 by the time uh, this week waivers roll around. But maybe not. But either way, uh, he's the number one guy I have. Uh, he's kind of a 1A, 1B. In my article, I actually have Mason Crosby as my number one um, so Mason Crosby, I guess, will be my number two on this show. Uh, but they are at home. So I feel like the Packers are going to bounce back, right? They're playing the Bears at home in Lambeau. Uh, they have a 26.25 uh, implied total. And uh, they're actually their, – their line was 10. It's down to 9.5. But either way, that's a pretty big spread there for the Packers. And uh, Crosby is only rostered in 4% of leagues. So he's going to be there for you guys in those deeper leagues. Uh, you know, so I think he's probably a good one. I know a lot of people – Crosby had a little bit, a little case of the yips at some point, and then he got hurt. But I think this year, uh, I think he, I think he's going to bounce back along with hopefully the rest of the Packers offense this week. Uh, and then my third guy is pretty, uh, pretty deep here. But uh, you know, we did talk about the Lions, so here I am, Austin Siebert. Um, I was writing my article. I can't remember the last time I recommended a Lions kicker. It, it's been <laughs> at least probably four or five years, but. Here we are, right? They're playing. They're. God, I almost said the Redskins. They're playing the Commanders. 
Uh, they're at a 25.75 team implied total, and they're favored to win by two, and they're at home. So, uh, you know, I think that if you're in those deeper leagues where you're, you know, trying to find a streamer, he's only 1% rostered. So Siebert uh, is a deep, deep cut here, but I think he might have a good week at home against uh, the Commanders. Excellent, excellent. I like all those options. Uh, Jake Elliott, I picked him up last week, Jen, based on your advice. I'm just going to hang on to him. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, just I mean, on. that's, you know, sometimes that's, that is what you do, right? I mean, I I, I write this article, and uh, you know, but I have Tyler Bass in one league, and I'm just going to hang on to him, and I've got Dustin Hopkins in another that I'm just going to hang on, and then I think in my third league I am going to stream. I can't remember who I have, but I, I, I wasn't happy, and so I think I am going to mix it up and stream in another league. But, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you got to just, if you have a good kicker, you, you stay with it, right? Excellent, excellent. Uh, Harry, uh, I don't really like any of those trades. I'm not opposed to Eckler for Lenny and Cooks just because I think Leonard Fournette's great, and I think they're going to keep feeding him. So I'm not opposed to that, and I do think Brandon Cooks helps your lineup overall. Uh, I think that Andrews for Keenan and Goddard looks interesting, but uh, Keenan's got a hammy, and hammy's bug players bug receivers all season long so i'm a little nervous about that especially in a ppr because mark andrews is going to continue to lead that team in targets every week got it less so and then the big massive trade i don't hate it because you're getting cup and connor i just don't really think you need to so uh yeah i i don't i don't hate that trade but i i I don't really think you need to move those guys right now. I think Eckler is going to bounce back and be just fine. Andrews is going to be elite. And it looks like Jerry Judy's off to a good start with Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris, mm -hmm. do you have any different opinions? No, I think it's just kind of, of course you're getting Cooper cup and that's, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, but kind of like what you were saying, Brandon, I mean, it's just, it seems like it's fairly even on both sides, unless the rest of your roster makes it so that you need to have the star power like at uh at both running back and tight end so it's just kind of a yeah and of course everybody would see cooper cup and just want to lean towards like that end of the deal which again i don't have much of a i don't have much of an issue with but i think after one bad week for austin eckler it doesn't mean it's not a referendum on the entire season yeah i think in a ppr league like eckler and andrews are going to be wildly wildly valuable um as the season wears on so i would i would probably just hold i don't i don't hate those trades harry but I, I wouldn't do it so uh let's do defenses uh i've got two this week i i it's not a good week to stream defenses and honestly the top one pittsburgh versus new england that i have uh 32 yahoo roster ship shocked me like i i mm -hmm. refreshed like 37 times because it just didn't <laughs> seem like didn't seem possible that pittsburgh was available in that uh that amount of league so uh if they're not available i have another one for you but if Pittsburgh's available, hurry up and grab them right away. They're going up against New England. Obviously, they're going to miss TJ Watt, but they uh, they got three sacks from Alex Highsmith uh, last week, which uh, tells me that they're able to plug and play a little bit. Obviously, nobody's replacing TJ Watt, but it's a good defense, good defensive line, good pass rushers. Minka Fitzpatrick is a monster. Uh, he makes splash plays. He's been doing it since he arrived in the league, especially since he arrived in Pittsburgh. I think that's going to keep happening. And then last week, they got seven sacks against the Bengals. Sorry, Chris. Uh, I think that that type of pass rush is going to continue to happen. Miami last week against New England, they forced two fumbles and a pick. They held New England to seven points. And now Mac Jones has a hurt back. So I'm not super uh, keen on the New England offense. I am super keen on the Pittsburgh defense. If they're available, that should be your streaming option and maybe even a multi-week option for you. The other one, uh, if Pittsburgh isn't available, the Browns, uh, you know, 
they did give up over 20 points to the Panthers last week. So it, it wasn't a sterling outing for the Browns, but they uh, are still pretty good. They had four sacks and six quarterback hits. They were on the road. Uh, Baker Mayfield had four fumbles. They've got probably the best pass rusher, or arguably the best pass rusher in the league in Miles Garrett. Uh, they've got good corners, good secondary, so they can make those turnover plays. Uh, they're going up against the Jets and Joe Flacco. That's a, a very tempting matchup. Uh, the Jets were held to nine points last week. The Ravens had 11 quarterback hits on Joe Flacco last week. So I think Cleveland's going to be able to get to him. And I mentioned this last week when I'm looking at a defense streamer, I like a good matchup and I like a good pass rush. Those are the things that I think equate into defense fantasy points. And, you know, the Browns, they held Christian McCaffrey. He scored a touchdown, but they held him 3.3 yards per carry on 10 attempts. So that tells me the Jets' new tandem of running backs may not have an easy time against this Cleveland defense. So I'm definitely going to uh, be looking at Cleveland in leagues where I can't get Pittsburgh for my streaming options defensively. Uh, Fabian popped up into the chat. We talked earlier about quarterbacks. Carson Wentz is our sleeper streamer of the week. He's a nice option for you to pick up, as Chris talked about way earlier in the episode. Uh, Jen, any final thoughts before we close it out for today? Uh, no, I mean, just don't overreact, yeah. really. I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of panic around because, you know, it was a weird week. Yep. I mean, some big... You know, in the wide receiver department, it, everyone delivered as expected. But a lot of running backs faltered. A lot of tight ends faltered. Quarterbacks faltered. It was a weird week. And it's week one. And, you know, this is one of those things where a lot of these guys didn't get the playing time they needed in the preseason. And so we're kind of still working out the kinks. So don't panic, people. Don't drop don't drop good players for, for you know, mediocre players that happen to have a good week. Yeah. Don't do yeah, it. Don't spend all your fab or your waiver priority on Devin Duvernay or on uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. OJ Howard or those players. Chris, yes. any final thoughts before we go? Yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, so let's see. This was, I believe this one was from Graham Barfield. Um, like the, of the teams that rested their starters throughout the preseason, uh, they were six and 13, if I'm remembering or something along those lines, like straight up or let's, let's see. Yeah. Six and 13 straight up and seven and uh, seven of 12, like against the spread uh, in week one over the last like two seasons, nothing changed like this year. So it's like week one is definitely one of those weeks where if you look back over at least the month kind of leading up to it, we can see some of the stuff coming. I mean, Joe Burrow had the appendix thing wasn't really a part of the game plan until like the week beforehand. I mean, so many other teams that just had similar situations like Matthew Stafford with the elbow thing, so on and so forth. Let's get into the season. Let's actually get into the season. Like let's give it a few weeks and let's see before we start freaking out and then saying that we need to drop DJ Moore or anybody else and start panicking over it. But I get the fact that I guess on the flip side, talking out of both sides of my mouth, I can see why with so many folks like needing to get their wins early, wanting to establish themselves like within their own leagues, like so on and so forth. But I understand like why folks are panicking because they want to make sure that their team is winning. But again, we've literally got four more months of this. So, we, you know, just give it a few more weeks before we start freaking out. Give it a few more weeks. I like that. We'll freak out. We'll save our freak out for later. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday night to do this once again. Thank you, Chris and Jen. Always a pleasure. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at the Monday Mommy, at Chris Allen FFWX, and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good day.